and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply is a Chicago Bulls thing. Wherever you're listening, if it's available, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are you all doing, Neil? Um, I'm doing pretty good over here, actually. Um, it's the first time I've recorded uh, the last, what, three recordings where it's not piddling down the rain on top of the car. So hopefully there'll be a little bit less background noise today. Yeah, um, I'm parked up in a bit of a more quiet spot tonight, so hopefully same goes my end. Yeah. Uh, with this episode, it's going to be... Uh, obviously, we're finishing off with the mailbag, which we'll get into later. Just a couple of talking points that have come up this week uh, from Bulls. So, get straight into it. And the first one is... Lonzo Ball, um, just it seems to go away and then come back, doesn't it? Yeah. The whole Lonzo Ball thing, and the reason why it's come back is, um, Gabriel Landersgog of the Colorado Avalanche in the NHL has well, it's just been announced that I think it's today he was going under the for the same procedure as Lonzo had. The cartilage transplant in his knee. Um, obviously, he started doing the rounds on the socials and kind of brought it all back about Lonzo. And I just wanted to. I mean, obviously, the NHL works a little bit different to the NBA. Any you know, less cap and stuff like that. But same rules apply. If they want to put him on long-term injury and stuff like that, then they have to. The, uh, the apply for it and all those cap restrictions and stuff like that same as what Bulls were going through yeah but yeah. a couple of things that I've noticed that seem to be a little bit different is uh, Avalanche have already ruled him out for next season right you know um, with the hope that he could possibly return in the playoffs which I think that's where the optimistic side of from them comes in, uh, and I've looked into it a bit more, and he's actually um, he's not played all this year, same as Lonzo. He the last game he played with him being the captain, he actually lifted the Stanley Cup as well. Okay. Um but he was out a lot of that season with injuries as well uh, to to the knee, and basically he's done all, gone through all the same procedures as what Lonzo has. With the, you know, going in, seeing what's wrong with it, thinking they've repaired it, and then eventually they've come to the conclusion they need to do the same procedure. Um, and there was another NHL player, Mark Mark Mel Melchot, I think that's how you say his surname, who actually had the same procedure as well after an injury, and ended up having to retire because he couldn't get back to what he classed as an NHL standard. Now, obviously, he was older than Lonzo as well. Same as Landers Goggies, 30. So that's one thing that Lonzo does have on his side, is yeah. age. But the reason why I wanted to sort of mention it is because there's, there's two things with that I've mentioned in various tweets and that on Twitter is, you know, you've got to look at the personal side, as we've always said, with Lonzo. And the main thing with this procedure is that he has some sort of quality of life away from basketball. You know, he's got a young a young daughter that he obviously wants to do father daughter stuff with. 
you know, play in the park, all that sort of stuff, I imagine. Yeah. And, it, you know, that's the most important thing for him. But then when you look at it from a basketball point of view, Bulls have got to make a decision. They do. They? Yeah. You know, like I say, Avs have ruled Landers Gog out for the season. So they've obviously put in plan. I mean, the season's only just finished. They've just been knocked out of the Stanley Cup, uh, out of the playoffs themselves. But they're already saying he's not going to play next year. So they're already putting them plans in place to get that um, the long-term injury uh, reserve that they call it in the NHL. So obviously his cap, obviously like I say, it works all different, but essentially the same. But yeah, Bulls have just got to make a decision, haven't they? They um, do. Because, as we've said before, we can't go into this season being optimistic that he returns because there's a chance he doesn't return at all. And he's not going to return this season. And essentially, we're going into this with it, with him being one of the roster spots, taking up 20 million. And he's... Obviously, he's not there. No. You know, and obviously, I mean, I don't understand the, the CBA and all that sort of stuff and the, the implications of the different... Um, Exceptions and stuff like that, or how they can get his, how the, you know, get his, um, well, him off the, the salary basically. But I know that obviously, if they apply for the disabled player exception, it's going to put bulls into the luxury tax. And you've got to think to yourself, do it just for a year and then assess it again next season or next off season, don't you? Yeah. Obviously, the other side of it is Bulls work in secret, don't they? <laughs> As we discussed on the last part. Yeah, so why would they tell us anything? You know, Why would they let the fans know what they're planning? And I mean, I guess a lot comes down to next week with the draft lottery as well. They'll probably wait until after I'm sure, that. I'm sure they are. I, I wouldn't expect to hear anything this side of the draft uh, lottery anyway. No, I didn't. I mean, even I think the first few weeks after it, we won't hear anything, depending which way it goes. Obviously, yeah. Um, but you've got to kind of think that if we don't get our pick, that they've got to do something with Lonzo. And if we do get the top four pick, it still needs sorting out, but it's not quite as important because you look into the future with a top four pick, aren't you? Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's far more damaging if we land outside the, the top four for obvious reasons because it means we don't have a draft pick. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying obviously we're going to get the number one pick and get Wemby or anything like that and whoever we do end up drafting is going to be another point guard. But, you know, you get a top four pick, you expect them to kind of be the future of your team, P-Will aside. Mm. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think it was just obviously something that was going around on the socials and I think we just had to sort of touch on it again, didn't we, really? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And, and I mean, I, I put it up on the on Twitter there, I think, yesterday um, that it's time for the Bulls to, to stop worrying about the personal side of things. And, and I do feel sorry for Lonzo, and I've said that before and I've, you know, I've stated that quite... Um, 
quite sympathetically uh, um, in regards to Lonzo, but it's at the stage now where Chicago Bulls need to take care of business, and it's time to make a business yeah. decision. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, basketball and the NBA at the level it's at is a business, and um, there's only so much room for you know being nice. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the reality of it is it's a business. And uh, and this is a business decision that needs to be made sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I mean at the end of the day, he's he's going to be looked after, what whichever way to go with the decision. Exactly. You know, if if they get him off the roster, he's still. I know it's not everything. He's still going to get his money. Yeah. And he's still going to get the help from whoever he needs it from and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, obviously, you people start saying it's the mental side of it. You know, you've you've waived him because he's injured or you've, you've got rid of him because he's injured whichever way it goes but like you say it, it's down to the business at the end of the day isn't it yeah and I'm sure Bulls aren't just going to if they decide to apply for the um, career ending injury whatever exception that is yeah they're not just going to wash their hands of him no you know I mean that, that, that they're not going to just go right that's it you're done they're still going to help him, but at the end of the day, I imagine he's in LA rehabbing anyway. Yeah, he's he's not in Chicago, is he? So it, there's, yeah. there's been no official line on that, but I can't imagine him being in Chicago. No. So yeah, um, as horrible as it sounds, you, you you know we just want Bulls to start making a decision now, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next one, Dale and Terry. Now, obviously, he's been selected to represent Bulls at the draft lottery next week yep um, hopefully we can see him dancing with the top four pick out of there can you imagine um, what he's going to be like <laughs> if they get a top four pick he will be skipping and prancing around the place like a flamingo I can't wait yeah. if it does happen to, for, to see the camera pan to Dalen <laughs> and I mean obviously Prior to that, he missed out on any of the like all rookie teams, didn't he? Which is not yeah. exactly a shock. Um, no. I know some people on the socials were acting like it was a big thing, but you know, realistically, he was never going to get any votes, was he? You know? He didn't get the court <laughs> yeah. time. No, exactly. And we've spoke about that yeah. previous. And obviously, I've done a piece on com about it. You know, yeah. Go check it out. Some of the questions that come from that were, did or what the big question was, did Bulls make a mistake in drafting him? Uh, mainly because, obviously, Walker Kessler, who went behind him, ended yeah. up on uh, rookie first team. Yeah, yeah. And well, I mean, the obvious answer, I have the very same name written down here myself, Walker Kessler, purely because he's the only one in the top uh, number, in the first round, or should I say... Um, rookie first team he's the only one that fell behind Dalen yeah. so that's that's where the big question is should they have drafted Walker Kessler over Dalen Terry and I mean the obvious answer is yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you know he, he got rookie all for, uh, rookie first team you know yeah, yeah. so the obvious answer but is then, yes when you look at it he was starting in Utah 
now he that's... was getting the opportunities in Utah. Yes, he wouldn't have been rookie first team had he been at Bulls because he'd have been coming off the bench. All right, it probably meant we wouldn't have signed Drummond, so he would have been getting that you know backup role. But as we know, Billy doesn't like using bigs. Right. So, so how, you know, so how much game time would he have actually got anyway? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but when you look back at it, he was a player of need. Or he, he was the role. Yeah, the needs that we had. You know, yeah. rim protection, big, you know, all that sort of stuff. Now, obviously, I love Dalen and what he brings, and. You can see the potential that's there. Yeah. And you kind of think to yourself, do we really need somebody else with potential and another project? Because that seems to be what he is. Yeah. And I don't want to go too deep into it because I think we'll probably go over it on another episode. But I think next year they start to try to develop him. Just certain moves that are going to get made or could get made. But like I said, I won't go into it just yet. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot to say on it too, but I'll hold off and not say too much as well. Yeah. Well, obviously, again, it was just sort of not breaking news as such, but news that we felt we had to touch on. Yeah. And the last one, (laughs) Pat Bev. Yeah. Now, (laughs) um, where do you start with it? It's Well, I think the big problem is, right, all the concerns we had about Pat Bev joining the Bulls, they didn't really show true when he first joined the Bulls. They started to kind of, eh, maybe his faults started to come in a little bit towards the end of the season. But since the season's ended, he can't seem to shut his trap. And <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the side of Pat Bev that, like the the ruffling of feathers and the shit talk that I was kind of afraid of. And I actually thought it might cause a problem in the locker room. It didn't seem to, but he needs to stop talking shite, basically. I mean, yeah, obviously I was high on him coming in. And since the season's finished, he has pissed me off with everything that he's talking. But then thinking about it, everything he's saying... It's just obviously, like you say, typical Pat Bev. He's yeah. Obviously, very high on his own self worth. Yeah. Which fair play to him. That's Pat Bev. That's how he how he is. And it, obviously, he's got his own confidence in his own ability. And but do you not think everything he's saying is just trying to set himself up for that next big move? Of course it is. You know, is. He's obviously come out and said that he still expects to be able to get, what was it, 14, 15 million? Right. Which, yeah. All right. Um, then, obviously, all this about getting a ring off Lakers if they win, even though he said he wanted to knock them out in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. They made the playoffs after he left, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, they weren't looking good while he was there. They made the trades and turned themselves around, didn't they? Yeah, um, which was it that them trades in particular were highlighted in a, another piece on cwaduk.com by Brett. Uh, again, if you haven't seen it, go check it out about bigs and the need for shooting and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I won't go into it. 
I'll let you it's check it out yourself. Brett's first piece, well worth a read. Go and check it out. Yeah. And obviously, the, the sort of most recent thing that Pat Bev's been saying is that if he was in at Chicago from the start of the season, then they would have been a fourth or fifth seed. And it was that one that I, I woke up to that this morning. <laughs> Straight away, <laughs> it just it just pissed me off because it's like I get it, I get why you're doing it, but like you say, just stop. You know, I mean, it's what he said on his podcast, wasn't it? Apparently, and yeah, I think I've mentioned before I stopped listening to his podcast because yeah, me too. Basically, because of this sort of stuff that he says. Um, I, I, I listened in because I wanted to hear him talking about bulls and stuff like that, and he lost me when he was speaking about parking his car and reading the Bible. So, uh, yeah, I won't go into that, that side of it in case anyone gets offended. But well, the th- uh, the thing is, you get an hour of him and Roan talking, and there's maybe three or four minutes of bulls talk, and apart from that, it's just general chit chat, really. Yeah, about him parking his car, reading yeah. the Bible, gaming, and what is it, vodka, that vodka that they try selling. Yeah, and talking about wifey. Yeah, and there was another episode as well where he was chewing gum really loud. Microphone <laughs> I really could just, irritated me. Knowing you, <laughs> I can just imagine how much that got under your skin as well. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enough about his podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you think if he'd have been there from the start, we'd have been a fourth, fifth seed? Okay. Um, short answer: probably not. <laughs> um, the slightly longer-winded answer would be: okay, looking at the record after Pat Bev joined as opposed to the record before Pat Bev joined, you can kind of understand his argument to a degree. But realistically speaking, when you dilute that across the the whole 82 games, and bearing in mind the fact that um, Zach had taken off and finally playing healthy started to show us a little bit more of what Zach is like when he is fully healthy, um, I think that he's kind of losing himself in the whole Pat Bev effect <laughs> and thinking that he is the sole reason as to why the Bulls had a better record once he joined. Um, and, like, I mean, sorry, Pat, liked you, enjoyed the Pat Bev effect and all that, but you are not the sole reason as to why the Bulls started to play better. No. You're part of it, but you're not the sole reason. The same issues were still there after Pat Bev joined, and the same issues would have been there if he'd been there at the start of the season because he doesn't really change too much of where the problems lay with the Bulls by joining. Do you know? He doesn't add three-point shooting, um, and he doesn't add rim protection. Okay, he gives us a little bit more ball distribution and and running the plays, but that's that's the only area of need that he, uh, he fills. And he only kind of filled it a little bit. It wasn't like he majorly replaced Lonzo or anything. Yeah, and I mean, for me, it's um, you know, like I said, I was hiring him coming in, and 
it was somebody that I'd said, I think back end of last year, that would fit well on the team. Um, or I'd like to see on the team not necessarily fit well. And like you said, there was always them worries about when he joined that it, we were going to see this side of it. And, you know, for me, he added leadership, which was needed. That was the biggest thing that he added. Um, it seemed to go down pretty well for for the, the most most part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you can say the part of the Pat Bev effect was taking the ball out of Zach's hands and that's maybe why Zach improved slightly. But Zach was playing well from about December. He just got a lot better after the All-Star break because yeah. maybe he'd had a bit of rest or whatever it was. Just coincided with Pat Bev coming when... Obviously, like I say, he took the ball out of his hands a little bit more, which mm-hmm. allowed him to be the player that we know Zach can be. But we still lost to teams like Pacers with Pat yep. Bev. He said he, he went, you know, spoke his shit about wanting to beat Lakers and get him out of the playoffs. All right, we beat him once, and then he disappeared in the second game because Austin Reeves called him too small. Mm-hmm. We've got battered by Clippers for the second time whilst he was on the team uh, that game against Hawks that where you know we, we could have potentially still been a 7th seed where, when Pat Bev first joined and we ended up being the 10th seed right you know and you know like I say we lost that game to Hawks at the back end of the season where we needed somebody to step up and make it clear that we wanted that seventh seed and nobody did including Pat Bev mm-hmm. and then you go into the play-in you know that that Raptors win that was on Zach it had nothing to do with Pat Bev because obviously Zach went off in that game didn't he Yeah. and then you look at the Heat game where was he in that apart from coming in the last four minutes to take Kobe's place when he shouldn't have done mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know so yeah he can Say what he wants, but I, I, I think we'd have finished higher than tenth. Don't get me wrong. Just purely because he's a legit point guard, and that's what we needed. But, but that's not his claim. No, exactly. I, I personally think if we'd have had him from the start, and we'd have played how we were when he was there all season, we'd have still finished. I don't know. Sixth highest, I think. Just maybe scraping the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. But that, you know, we still had the same injury problems with Demar and Zach mm-hmm. and what have you. So, yeah, anyway, good luck to him. And yeah. as I said on the tweet, if that's what he's saying, come back and prove it. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I'd take him back on a vet minimum, I've said it all along. Yeah. So, fuck your fuck your fourteen, fifteen million that you think you can get. Come back on a vet minimum to the town that you know, your hometown, city that kinda of fell in love with you in the short spell that we had. The, and the, prove it. And the city and the team that gave him an, another shot when he was sitting in France not in the NBA anymore. Yeah, because he'd been traded by Lakers and bought out by Magic. Yeah. So, you know, I get it. Go for your money. That he's entitled to do that. He's entitled to say what he wants. But 
kind of put your money where your mouth is now. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, if he comes back, I'll be I'll be all for it. <laughs> um. Yeah. So before we get into the mailbag, we'll send it to the ad read. Yeah. Um. So we have our little connection with Victory Sports UK. Uh, you can get kitted out uh, in your Bulls gear and keep repping your squad during the summertime. Uh, when the weather is uh, is that little bit nicer, you can you can get the old uh, farmer tan out, try and work on the shoulders a little bit, maybe in a new jersey, a new pair of shorts, something like that. And uh, you can get it all at Victory Sports UK. And all Sea Ridge UK group members and followers can avail of a special discount code for 15% off of the entire range, including any products that are already on sale. Just make sure you're liking and following C-Red UK on Twitter or become part of the C-Red UK group on Facebook to receive your exclusive discount code on request. Visit victorysportsuk.co.uk to seal your victory with Victory Sports UK. Yes. So, like I say, mailbag. We're going to open it up again. And... Before we get into it, we have got a couple of questions that we're not going to answer today from Will and one of local Bulls fans that he sent us, uh, mainly because we need a bit of time to think about them. So we'll probably give them their own episode next week, if, well, content depending. Um, you know, we have we have got them recorded, down, well, wrote down and stuff like that. It's just we needed a bit of time to think about them. So. Yeah. And we haven't had a lot of time since we've put it out there. So, uh, first one comes from a former guest with us is Easy, and he just simply put, "Let's get Suggs. What do you think about it?" So obviously, Jill and Suggs of Orlando Magic. Yep. Um, I don't know how we'd get him. No, it'd um, have to be in a trade because he's a restricted free agent and release in 2025. Yeah, so I'm assuming if we were to re-sign Vooch, but Vooch didn't want to stay, and we did a sign and trade to get him back to Magic. Yeah, he'd be one of them pieces. That would that would that would be a one way that it could work. Um, I mean, I have a few little stats about him, just to to give us a bit of perspective. Um, currently on around about seven and a half mil per year on his current contract. Um, averaging 10.8 points per game across his career and 56, uh, 40, sorry, 46.5% field goal percentage and 27.1% three-point percentage, averaging 3.3 rebounds, 3.6 assists and 1.2 steals per game. Hmm. Now, oh, when you see him on the floor... He, you know, when you see him on the floor against us, anyway, he 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 looks pretty good. He always tends to look pretty good. Yeah. Hit that dagger three as well, didn't he? Yes, he did. He played very well in the last game against us. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be against it because we do obviously need a point guard, um, right? But it just it, and I think he would fit quite well against uh, alongside Zach. <sighs> He's, do you think he's, he's a point? Is he not more of a shooting guard? Do you think, or a combo guard? That's what I was thinking. Is is we're not going back to another combo guard when? Yeah. You know, he obviously likes to shoot. We've seen that, didn't he? Hit that. Was it like a near enough half court three for 
was it Bulldogs that he come through with, wasn't it? Yeah. In the Big Ten or whatever it was, I just remember that just before the before his draft, wasn't it? That's right. Because they thought he could have possibly gone higher than fifth. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I say, I don't know how we'd go about getting him to Bulls. I wouldn't be against it if he'd come. It's just whether he'd actually fit and how you get him. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, you'd obviously have to give up pieces in order to acquire him. So, realistically speaking, you'd have to, you'd have to clear out at least one player from the guard position in order to give him any chance of, of, of rotation without putting noses out of joint. So, I mean, you're probably talking about maybe Kobe including in, in it somehow. Um, yeah, but like you say, I, it's probably I, more I, realistic to try and put Vooch back to the Magic. So, I, I, look, I don't know what yeah. way they'd have to work it. It would probably be multiple players included in some sort of a trade package. Yeah. But, yeah, like I say, I won't be against him joining. Um, but, yeah, if Easy wants to give us a an example of how he'd get him to balls, then... Yeah, throw it in a trade machine <laughs> and, uh, and let us know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one, another former guest, uh, Samadhi. Our guy Samadhi, back in the past. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, he's actually gone a bit different from his, his usual ones here, because he usually likes to try and make us compete with each other. But He does. Um, he's put, favourite Chicago Bulls moment slash moment post-Jordan Bulls. Yeah, loved the D Rose dunk on Dragic and the game winner on Cleveland in 2015 playoffs. Right. Uh, now my first thought was, there hasn't been many since <laughs> Jordan. There hasn't been enough. <laughs> you know, we've. Uh, you kind of look at your big moments coming in the playoffs, don't you? Yeah. And obviously, we've not experienced a lot of that since Jordan. Um. But yeah, I'd say that, like he said, the game winner against Cleveland was a big one. Yeah, it's hard not to um, include that, isn't it? Yeah, and another one that, I'd, like for me, quite recent one, uh, well, last year, is the Damar back-to-back game winners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve sort of thing. And uh, yeah. just purely because of how they felt, you know, for us, personally watching at like 1am 2am whatever it was at the, whatever time it was they were just that feeling of wanting to scream but you can't because you're going to wake your family up yeah <laughs> like like you I know. said before when we were talking about it my poor dog didn't know what what happened to her because I buried my my face into her until out was to stifle the scream <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, we don't want the RSPCA on, on with us so. yeah well I mean I didn't do it to her ears or anything I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was into, the, into the, the body but yeah for me that although it wasn't in the playoffs and obviously it was regular season and the games didn't particularly mean anything it was just that This obviously the second one in particular as well was just to see it happen twice was yeah. just yeah. yeah so they're they're my particular highlights from from what I can remember anyway yeah, no, I've I've got three. Um, that was one of them. Uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Deja Vu. Um, the other ones that I have are, it's well, one's a bit kind of spread out. 
it's not one moment per se. And that's Derek Rose um, and the impact of him, first of all, winning Rookie of the Year, then him saying, why can't I be MVP and actually winning it? Yeah. Um, I mean, that will always stand out in my mind. Um, just the accolades that, that Derek won and the hope that he brought um, <laughs> with his skill and, and, and with his kind of quiet determination and, and unfortunately... Quiet winner's mentality in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and I think that's part of why he got he got the nickname of the Windy City Assassin because he was just so steely eyed and focused, but not very yeah. vocal. You know, so I think that kind of wrapped up into a big package would be would be a not necessarily a singular moment, but um, something that will always stick with me. But my top moment comes with Joakim Noah clapping his hands in the face of Chris Bosch and Mario Chalmers when they yeah. started to have a bit of a disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling you were going to go on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. I just love that so much. Shithousery. Absolute shithousery <laughs> of the highest standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, next one. and Another former guest. Getting a bit of a trend going here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Our guy Troy, all the way from Australia. In the um, future. Yeah, we go from the past to the future. And um, I think he sent this before that little bit of news come out last night, but we'll get into it anyway. And he yeah. put, if Boston loses the series with Philadelphia and decide to blow it up slash retool, would you trade DeMar DeRozan for Jalen Brown? And my initial answer was yes straight away that was my first thought should I say but then right. obviously with Jalen Brown making the uh, second uh, all second team whatever it is he's now eligible for a supermax contract worth 295 million yeah he's just too expensive yeah and obviously I know it's all hypothetical anyway with from yeah. what Troy's saying and I think he's obviously he's just trying to gauge opinion on would we do that move if it, you know, one for one? <coughs> yeah, doubt. yeah, I agree. Um, if if it wasn't so expensive, if it wasn't so costly, um, I would do it. Yeah, definitely. I think he'd be a, a great fit with Zach. Yeah. Um, I mean, he pretty much replaces Demar in regards to what we're getting from Demar right now, but you're getting youth. Um, you're getting what 36.5 percent from three, 47.7 percent field goal percentage, and an average of 17.9 points per game, which I would expect to maybe even go up slightly if he came to us. But then you're also getting 5.2 rebounds per game, 2.2 assists per game, and one steal per game. I I just also think that he doesn't, sorry Demar, but he doesn't hog the ball and slow things down the way Demar does. And therefore, I think it would it would be a good fit with Zach alongside Zach, but uh, it it just comes with too hefty a price tag. Yeah, I would say we know it's all hypothetical, but yeah, mm. one for one, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, and another point on Jalen Brown before we move on is obviously I know it's only temporary, but that mask he's wearing. We um, I was watching a little bit of whatever game it was on over the weekend. 
And the wife was sat there, and she looked up just as he was on the screen, and her words were, what the fuck is that? He looks like he's wearing some sort of sex mask. <laughs> no, that's not an insight into our what happens in our bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're into. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, if he was to ever come, then hopefully he doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> Well, we, we've seen our fair share of players kind of wearing that, those masks in Bulls uniforms over the years as well. And, I mean, Derek Rose wore a kind of a black one as well, didn't he, uh, for a while? Yeah. Um, but I always had one in college as well. He did, it? yeah, yeah, he did. And previous to that, they used to be kind of those like see-through perspexy type ones. Yeah, like um, a Hannibal Lecter type looking. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I get it. I think the black one looks cooler, but it does kind of have those kind of, you know, sex mask type feel to it. I can, I can get where she's coming from. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, local Bulls fan. Now, let's say we've got two questions from, from them. And we're going to skip one of them for now. And let's say go over it next week when we've got more time. And this the second one that they gave to us. Realistic free agents you all could see the Bulls getting. Right. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'm interested in this because we haven't discussed this at all, actually. So um, there, there's two that I was kind of thinking about. The issue with them is that both of them are restricted free agents. You know, So essentially, if it was to try and be done through free agency, you're going to be kind of competing with their teams and... Um, uh, realistically speaking but if it was to be done through a trade maybe it could work so the first one I have is Trey Jones from San Antonio Spurs yeah um he just kind of fits that area of need in regards to having more of a true point um which anyone that's been listening to this for any length of time I always bang on about having a true point guard and, and not a combo guard uh, it's what we miss in Lonzo the downside of it is he wouldn't have the defensive capabilities that Lonzo brought to us, and he's not particularly a high-level scorer, which could come. But um, I just think that he he controls the floor well, um, and yeah. and could be a good move that way. Um, the other one I have is um, Naz Reed from Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of thinking about him in the event that we do lose Vooch or we have to use him in a sign and trade. Um, he's, he's a young center with what I think is a very high ceiling. He's already performing really well and he's, he's so young. Um, I think that he could grow into be a really strong center in the future of this league. Yeah. And now, I mean, obviously we've kind of said, obviously we're going to go over what we want to see from, the off season and other moves and stuff. They, they were kind of what the, the other questions were, which, like I said, need a bit more time to think about. Yeah. But for me, quickly running down the obviously the free agent list that's coming up, uh, I went for two players as well, mainly for the kind of positions that I kind of see we need. And the yeah. first one is, uh, I think it's been mentioned a few times, uh, Seth Curry. Uh-huh. And... Uh, this is basically, I think, if Kobe gets that starting role, 
then you've got Seth coming off the bench and he's over what is I think he's over a forty percent three point shooter for his career. Um and he's just coming off a eight million a year deal, so it could possibly get him a bit cheaper than that as well. Mm-hmm. To come off the bench, slight concerns with injuries, I guess. But you know, just for that, because obviously AK's buzzwords at the minute are changing the shot profile, aren't they? Yeah. And the big one we need is three points, you win. So if you can't get Steph Curry, get Seth Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And the second one is again a player that we constantly seem to get linked with is Harrison Barnes. Yeah. And again, just because he's willing to put up the three pointer, um, I think he's about a thirty seven, thirty eight percent shooter for his career. I can't remember what he was, I saw it's between thirty five and forty anyway. So it's not fantastic, but again it's just it's creating uh, there, get my words out. Space creating, in it, you know. If you've got somebody there that you're not sure whether they're going to put up a three, you've got to get to them, which opens up space for everybody else. Um, no, he was on a bit more of an expensive deal, uh, about 21, 22 million last year, so probably be out of our price range anyway. Um, Isn't everybody? But, yeah. Um, <laughs> They're the two two names that I fir- that first jumped out to me when I was looking down the list. But like I say, we're going to get into into it a bit more next week. I think the free agents yeah. and moves we'd like to see and all that sort of stuff. So the last question, and it's a, a four point question, as usual from Geordie Bulls. He uh, he likes to get his questions all out in one go. I think. Yeah. Uh, on. First one. <laughs> First one. What are your most treasured Bulls merch items and why are they your most treasured? Uh, so I'll let you go there first with that one. Okay. Uh, I have a few, but I do have a standout. Um, I collect trading cards and I uh, my personal collection, my PC, is Bulls. Um, so I have an extensive... Uh, Chicago Bulls collection of trading cards uh, with the main focus being on um, MJ. Yeah. So I love my trading cards. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, I also have um, an authentic 1991 MJ All-Star jersey uh, that I love. Um, and I also have a piece of the Chicago Stadium floor uh, unfortunately unsigned but I still have that that's pretty cool in a little display thing but my number one uh, treasured Bulls merch is my Michael Jordan signed jersey uh, it's the black one with the red pinstripes and it's in a big frame uh, you may have seen it in the background in some of the pictures that we've put out there um, I absolutely love it that's my pride and joy outside of my children of course yes <laughs> now I'm I'm not really a merch collector, to be fair. Um, mainly because I've got nowhere to put it, and the wife wouldn't let me have it all out on display. <laughs> um, but uh, I'd say, I mean, I've got no sort of nothing historic or anything like that. 
most recent things um I've been sent a couple of Benny bobbleheads. They you know they're quite um not I wouldn't say treasured as such but still boxed and uh they may, they may see the light of day at some point if I can <laughs> persuade the missus to let me have a man cave. And uh secondly, something else that was quite recent as well was uh I got gifted a Javante Green signed jersey by somebody on the other end. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who that is, but they must be a really, <laughs> really sound guy. <laughs> well, it is all right. <laughs> but yeah, um, and again, I need to end up getting it framed and all that. But yeah, I'm not. Like I said, not a big merch collector mainly because I'm. I'm not allowed to be. No. Uh, question two from Jordy Bulls: How many Bulls jerseys do you both own? Describe them, name, number, jersey type, stories behind them, etc. Uh, and again, I'll let you go first for this one. Okay, uh, I think it's 17 jerseys. Uh, two signed jerseys. Um, the Jordan one I just spoke about. And I also have a signed P-Will rookie jersey. Um, so, my MJ jerseys that I have is... Um, I have an, a regular black pinstripe jersey as well, other than the signed one. I have a gold edition USA jersey, Team USA jersey, uh, which is number nine. Um, the 1991 All-Star jersey I spoke about, the All-Star jersey. Um, I also have a white 23, a white 45, a white Wizards 23, the only jersey I have that's not Bulls. And I have an authentic 1997 Red 23 as well. Um, I have a Rodman Red 91, the Zach Mixtape and the Black City Edition. Uh, this year's DeMar's uh, City Edition is actually on its way to me at the moment in the post. Um, I have an all-black special edition Ben Gordon number seven. Two blue Derek Rose uh, all-star jerseys, 2011 and 2012. Obviously, number one, uh, white P Will forty four signed ger- rookie jersey uh, or not rookie jersey, uh, the second year jersey, not rookie jersey. Apologies, it's number forty four. Um, and I also have two that answer the next question, so I'll come into them in a second. Now, your turn. Yeah, um, again, I'm not much of a, a jersey guy. I prefer hats to jerseys. Uh, I do have some. Um, but I'm not this is probably the wrong wording but I'm not a jersey snob so I couldn't tell you what they are or anything like that uh, but I've got a red MJ did you just indirectly oh. call me a jersey snob? <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, like I said, I'm just not one of these that buys into <laughs> whether like Mitchell and Ness or Swingman or all that sort of stuff you know it, to me it's just it's a jersey <laughs> you know yeah. I, I'm not somebody who'll go out and spend 90, 100 quid or whatever on a jersey. You know, if that's, if that's your thing. Yeah, exactly. If that's your thing, then, you know, fine, fair enough. But I couldn't justify it to the missus. So, um, yeah, I've got Red MJ, Black Rodman. Um, what have I got? I've got Last Year's City, DeRozan, Red IO, and obviously the Javante one that you... You gifted me. Uh, I've actually got a white 
a white Javante one as well, which is the only white jersey I own because I don't like a white jersey. Just in case I end up spilling anything on it. So yeah, that's that's my Bulls jerseys. Cool. And you're more of a cap guy than a jersey guy, aren't you? Yeah, I've got a, a lot bigger collection of hats than jerseys. They're, they're maybe the only merch that I do kind of collect is hats. <laughs> Going back to question one. Yeah. Um, and his third question, do you both own and have you owned but no longer have any non-Bulls NBA jerseys? If so, describe them, name, number, jersey type, stories behind them, etc. Uh, obviously, I know you just mentioned one, or at least one. Yeah, the Wizards one. Yeah. Is it's, that the other one? Or? It's, it's, the only, it's the only jersey I've ever bought that's not Bulls, uh, other than like an All-Star or a Team USA. Yeah. I mean, I've been gifted a couple over time. Uh, one When I was a lot younger... The black sixes um, AI one. Oh, with the stars down the side. Uh, I can't remember. I don't even know where it is. To be fair, I don't yeah. know if I still got it. But I was a big AI fan growing up, which is part of the reason why I got given it. And I also got gifted a Kobe when they did the black Mamba one. Oh yeah. Obviously after his death, I got gifted yeah. one of them. Uh, never worn it. It's never come out of the package. Obviously, appreciated it, and uh, just the whole thing behind it. You know, Kobe's another player that Numble that I loved. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the um, only other two jerseys talking about lost or or had, they were both Bulls jerseys. Um, I managed to I don't know where, but I managed to lose uh, Ben Wallace um, three St. Patrick's Day green Bulls jersey. Um, and I also had a Pippin jersey that the, it was um, the old champion, you know, the replica jerseys that were kind of printed on and it stuck yeah. together. The, the numbers stuck together in the wash and peeled peeled apart. So <laughs> that was the end of that one. That was the only, only Pippin jersey I ever owned, actually. Yeah, see, because I'm away all week, I don't tend to wear my own clothes that much. So mm. that's why I don't tend to get a lot of jerseys. Mm. Um and the missus gets sick of seeing me in Bulls gear, so she tells me all the time. Yeah, my missus calls and... them wife beaters. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Not not because I'm hitting um... her or anything, but just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just, just clear that up. <laughs> and his last one is, when is Troy launching his own podcast? And that is something we'd all like to know. So, Troy, when you listen, get back to Jordy Bulls and let him know. Yeah, absolutely, Troy. We're all waiting with bated breath. We can't answer that. We can't answer that one for him. So, and one more question that I forgot about because I forgot to think it, but it comes from Gary. And as usual, Gary likes to try and trip me up and stuff like that. Uh, but I have a question that I have not seen asked yet. It does not need to be asked until. We know what the off-season holds, but anyway, we'll go with it now. Um, however, do you guys think if Vooch goes, P. Will will get his old number back, ball out and be more of the rainbow-loving player we know he is? 
Um, and they sort of put, was him giving up his number down to Vooch's veterancy? And then it asked himself if that is actually a word, which I don't <laughs> think it is. <laughs> it is now. Um, obviously, P. Will's your guy, so I'll uh, I'll let you take that one. Yeah, see, I don't think that um, P. Will losing his number is why he kind of lost his mojo a little bit. I think it, it was more a case of he was surrounded by players that he considered to be more alpha, perhaps, and he took that kind of step back being the quiet gentleman that he seems to be. Um, and unfortunately, that meant that he kind of lost a little bit of edge with it. It just how ha- it just how it just so happened that that coincided with him giving his number up to Vooch. But look, maybe the power's in the number, and who knows if Vooch does go and 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 people decides to revert back, um, it could be the secret behind all of his powers. I don't know. And does that mess your signed jersey up if he does? Well, it it does and it doesn't. Um, might put more value on it. Who it knows? More, I was gonna say, does it make it more valuable? Potentially, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the end of the questions. Like I say, we have got them other two that we will we'll, we'll get into and obviously we'll ensure that we shout you out when we do answer them. Um, well, I've got nothing else. I don't know if you have. No, not a thing. So yeah, um, we aim to be back next week. Uh, not sure what day or anything like that yet. Um, but yeah, until then, make sure you check out com for the pieces that are going up including the latest one from Brett and until then I've been Matt you can find me on Twitter at MattCRidgeUK yeah that's right I lost myself yeah. then and <laughs> you can find us on all the socials at UK. and you can find me on Twitter at NeilCRidgeUK and uh, we'd like to once again thank all of our listeners for tuning in we do appreciate it uh, do keep leaving comments on the socials. Uh, we will continue to interact and uh, we also appreciate any feedback. And again, join us in the Facebook group too. Remember to subscribe and give us the important five-star reviews and to check out all of our latest information and get access to our written articles, click on cradeuk.com. Uh, we do have um, Brett there now as an, a new writer having written uh, his first piece. We do have a few new people going to be joining us soon that are going to be putting up their first pieces. And of course, the rest of us will still be throwing stuff up there every now and then. So do check it out. Until the next episode, wherever you are in the world, see red, go Bulls. Ah!